It is I, your underground professor. Yeah, there we go. Got Periscope running now, I think. It is your underground professor coming at you live, almost live anyway, high atop a double rainbow as it arches over the hermitage of North Texas's liberal conservative studies. And we are, of course, as is our wont, gaily swinging our feet. Hello, everybody. Welcome Periscope uh, and everybody, welcome Agador, wherever you are, and hopefully Ken McClinton will show up. I have invited him and called him a couple of times to no response. Thank God he's my best friend, and uh, <laughs> and I know I can always put through. Uh, we might have an issue with the dogs tonight. They have been outside for three days as punishment for a wicked, wicked, wicked action. And uh, I have uh, 
just let him in the house, and only by accident because I opened up the door to go out and do laundry, and the turkeys have <laughs> busted past me. <laughs> and, uh, so I let them stay in, but they're very, very clingy right now. Um, yes. I lost my wallet on Veterans Day. Went to Johnny Carino's. They gave me a dinner, and I bought dinner for the girls, you know, Megan and, and her three daughters. And uh, we came home. I tossed my wallet in the food bag from Carino's. And then when I got home, put the food in the, the uh, refrigerator, left the bag on the, on the stove. Didn't think anything about it. When I looked for my wallet, that was the first place I looked. Couldn't find it. Well, I found it the other day. Just a few days ago. I don't know if I've told this story or not, but if it hadn't been for one of the wicked day that got the dogs banned from the house, they had peed by the oven and it had rolled under it. So I pulled out that big tray where you keep the, you know, the broiler pans and junk in to clean it up. And there's my wallet back in there. And a rat had got it. And pulled it in and ate it. Ate about $60 worth of cash. There was a $5 bill I could save. Uh, I gave that to Megan just to show her what it looked like. It was so shredded. It, it, it had been eaten. But all the rest of it was confetti and turned into a nest. I was livid, man. The plastic cards were all safe, but I'd already replaced everything but the concealed carry license. So I wasn't real pleased with that. Uh, all the time I spent, you know, the six hours at the DMV to get a new license. <laughs> Yeah. So hey, don't lick off the medicine, dog. Dang it. Hendon got hurt, and I put medicine on him, and now one of the dogs is licking it all off. I don't have a cone to put around her, his head. No. I just said no. Go. Get out. So uh, anyway, I'm getting ready to uh, go to work. And uh, bye, White Mamba. Have fun. Oh, by the way, this is... Uh, just so you know, so you don't miss out. It's about to be my last show for a while. <laughs> At, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, I was getting ready for work, and, and one of the dogs came in and squatted on my rain jacket, pulled it off of the couch, and then peed on it right in front of me. And I kind of lost it. I threw them all out, and they've been out for three days. And they may stay there a lot more, providing it's not freezing. It's like 72 degrees today out here in Texas, so... Uh, yeah, but, uh, things are going to change around here with these dogs. I promise that. So anyway, some business here. It's a Democrat rat. Well, isn't that demo rat? So uh, there you go. Took my cash, screwed up my credit cards. <laughs> and at, uh, The uh, last show is tonight for December. I am just getting killed. We're working 12-hour days at the post office, and Santa stuff picks up on Thursday. I've got the tree lighting ceremony to go do Thursday, so I won't be able to do any radio on Thursday, which is why I invited Ken to come on my show tonight. And the uh, all animals, I'm not sure I believe that, Mary. Mary says all animals are Democrats. I don't think all animals are Democrats. I think most domesticated animals are because they require you to feed them and take care of them and provide for them. Uh, but, you know, animals out in the wild, they take care of their own families. They raise them and uh, have them. 
And uh, they don't go to gay pride parades. They don't go look out for handouts. They go and take what's theirs, and, and they hunt and kill and feed and raise their kids. So they're, they're conservatives out in the wild. Uh, but domesticated ones need you to support them, and that's – so I, I would say they're kind of like Democrats. <sighs> so anyway, tonight's my last show. And uh, and I barely was able to do this one. Oh golly, I am so tired. I'm about ready to collapse. I've been I have been so busy that I am lucky to get a snack for dinner, and and none of the other meals have I been getting for the last week. I'm losing weight like you wouldn't believe. That uh, the only animals that aren't meat. <laughs> well, there you go. We're all meat to somebody, though, aren't we? Uh, to something. There's always something out there that's willing to eat us, or something else. This has been a crazy week, man. Crazy week. A lot of things going on. We have, hey, Amanda, we have um, cats and dogs who are mousers and snakers are conservatives. Well, yeah, you maybe. <laughs> they still need you to take care of everything else unless they're doing all the eating, hunting and eating. But, uh, but yeah, I'll concede that maybe. maybe. They're not libertarians, though. They're kind of like... They're kind of like the rhinocrats, you know, the establishment Republicans, I guess. That's that's where I'll concede that egg. So we had an active shooter situation at Ohio University. Active shooter. The only active shooter there, of course, and we all now know, is the cop who shot dead the Mohammedan who was out creating terror. Shocked to no one. This idiot came through Texas, spent several months here, like 20 months here in Texas, uh, went to my favorite charities. These idiots, and yes, they are idiots, and if any of them from Catholic Charities wants to debate me, come on my show, and we'll talk about what charity is and what Christ said to do. And I'm pretty sure you won't be able to stand up with me in a debate. I'm pretty sure you don't understand that abortion's wrong. I'm pretty sure you don't understand that charity is not taking money from me and giving it to others. Charity is when you give it of yourself freely and willingly. Charity is not smuggling Mohammedans and illegal aliens through this country, through your, your Catholic networks, so that you can get big government checks. Oh, yes, we know about the millions of dollars that the Catholic charities are receiving from the Obama administration in order to smuggle Mohammedans, terrorists, and illegal aliens through your networks. Oh, dare to come on and debate me over this, Catholic charities. You or your fake pope. I'll be happy to debate you. So... He comes through the Catholic charity system right here in Dallas. And then he gets what? Government money, government junk, gets taken care of. He's being sent to school. I doubt he's paying anything for it. He's going to college. And he starts whining that he doesn't have a prayer room. I mean, you you can't find someplace private to stick your ass in the air and pray to your God? Honestly. Unbelievable. We have the left calling for gun control because this Mohammedan 
kills people? Well, he mowed them down with a car, as we know, because he's a coward, as most Mohammedans are. And then he used a knife, just exactly out of the textbook of the ISIS messages that are coming out. And most of us know this, too, except CNN, ABC, CBS, Fox, and the rest of the liberal media. We don't see them, of course, crying for knife control or waiting periods to get knives or limiting the size of knives or banning Islam from driving in our country. Not gun control. Or they want gun control, but not knife control or car control. And, of course, it's because they're hypocrites. They're liars. They're, they're not really even caring about guns, other than the fact that they're afraid that we will shoot them when they come and take all of our rights. They're afraid that some of us will shoot back, which is why they want to take our guns. It has nothing to do with gun safety. That idiot Kane, who was supposed to be the vice president when Hillary won the election, has come out and called it gun control. That we need common sense gun control because of situations like this. Again, the only gun used was used correctly in the defense of the people there. I suggest to you that if you are a parent and your kids attend Ohio State University, OSU, that you withdraw and demand a complete refund of the monies being spent there by you. Why? Well, for one thing, look at the idiot suicide letter that was posted on Facebook by this moronic Mohammedan. It's, it's not intelligent. Oh, yeah, well, English isn't his first language, Professor. Right. Well, he's going to college. He's going to college. You have to have a collegiate level of understanding of English in order to pass college in this country. But let's look at his logic capabilities. He's a moron. I planned on talking about the fact that he took a knife to a gunfight, but the bloviating Zeppelin beat me to it. So I'll give him the hat tip on it. The man's an idiot. Not VZ, <laughs> the Mohammedan, whose name I don't know and don't care to. It's Mohammed, right? Who cares what else it is? Over 53% of all terrorist activity in this country is committed by someone named Mohammed. You want to end violence in this country, just start shooting everybody named Mohammed. You want to completely end violence in this country, shoot everybody that votes Democrat or is a Democrat. And we will end violence in this country overnight once we are done shooting Democrats. Mark's uh, show, I don't think it starts tonight, does it? Bloviating Zeppelin said something about December 12th or something or the 18th was when his show was going to start. I believe, uh, but I could be wrong. Sean thought it might be in January, but who knows when it's going to be. The Ohio shooting only shows us that, A, Mohammedans are crazy and that they need to be controlled. They need to be banned from this country. We need to delegitimize their religion and take away its protected status. And we need to start exporting them. And I don't care where you send them. Just send them out of this country. You know, if, 
if Brexit or not Brexit, but if the European Union likes this crap so much, let's send them all to Germany and let them have it. Who cares what happens to Germany anyway? So, I mean, why why should we pay the price for these things? It's a danger. Our country, our government's there to rule us. It's there to lead, but not rule. It's there to serve. Stop it. It's there to protect our rights and to make sure that we are safe and can exercise our freedoms and liberties. It's there to provide a defense against domestic enemies, i.e. Muslims in our country. And Tuesday, December 13th is uh, what I'm getting from, uh, from the BZ himself. So Mark must be listening to the show. Well, great, Mark. Thank you. And, uh, so great. There you go. Everybody go and listen to the show. Uh, which which I, ha- I have a question. Speaking of lacks of judgment, Ken McClinton has the whitest person in America come on his show to talk about black women. <laughs> I mean, if you go deep sea fishing and you pull a fish up out of the ocean, it will look tan next to the bloviating Zeppelin. And, and he's brought on to the Ken show for, <laughs> for uh, to discuss angry black women. Yes. I have to, I have to give it to Ken. <laughs> so, and not that I would have been any better, but you know, I mean, look at it. So, so Moby, yeah, Moby looks gray, huh? There you go. Uh, as <laughs> soon as I saw your name, BZ, I had to, <laughs> had to go there. I did give you a hat tip, though, for bringing up the, the joke before I did about bringing a knife to a gunfight. But, uh, I'm excited about BZ's show. I mean, we finally have a reason to listen to Sackhead's radio, and now he's got his own show, too. So, hey, uh, there you go. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I met the bloviating Zeppelin last July at the um, Freedom Fest in Vegas. And he's one of those people that you meet and you've been friends for 30 years. Uh, there's not many people like that in the world. And, and uh, BZ is like that. And I'm, I'm proud to call him my friend. And, uh, and I'm glad to know him. He's, he's, a got, he's got a great mind. And physically, he could pass as my stunt double if I had to, uh, if I had to use one again. I've been doing my own stunts lately, but if I have to, BZ could fill in. And if I ever run for president, I could do what Hillary Clinton did, you know, and put out a stunt double uh, to, you know, to uh, protect me. And so I could go and watch movies or, you know, eat tacos or something. while You had the chimed and the cake's done. Uh, uh, I have no idea why that did. I don't even know what that noise means on my iPhone. It just chimed. (laughs) I'm like, what is that? That, uh, if it's the Sackhead's, uh, Sackhead's uh, chat thing we got going on instant message, it usually sounds like a little chicken. It goes, <laughs> and speaking of chickens, the exceptional conservative. And uh, I uh, been, oh, I missed it. I'm sorry, BZ. Something about a weight hitting your head. <laughs> I couldn't read it. It popped away before I could find it. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I invited Ken to come on the show so we could do Radio on Black and Red tonight because I will not be here Thursday. 
Thursday, I'm doing the tree lighting ceremony in Watauga. They've got a fire truck, a hook and ladder for me to crawl up on. It's a ginormous uh, hook and ladder. And I'm going to be climbing up that, and then they're going to drive me through Watauga, and then I'm going to go to the tree lighting ceremony. And then, and from that point on, Santa's going to be busy, uh, awful busy. And so uh, this is my last show for the, for the year. I'll come back uh, about the same time Agador does on January the 5th. I think we'll, we'll both just come back then and, and do that. Yeah, I, I meant while I was doing my show, Mary, not his. I was going to do an hour and then uh, let him go do his show, and then he could use our hour tomorrow or Thursday, rather. But his loss, I called him a couple of times, and it went straight to voicemail each time. So his loss. <laughs> oh, I keep turning my light off. So anyway, what else? Um, <sighs> Trump's picks. Trump's picks. I can't wait till we find out what the strategies were when we're told what was really going on and who he's annoying and what games he's playing and who he's paying back and, and what he's looking for and how it happens. But I tell you what, out of all the things, a lot of people got mad at Romney as a pick. You know, I don't care for Romney, uh, but the man did a lot of good when he saved the Olympics. He did it as a tyrant, but he, he did pretty good work. And a uh, secretary of state is not a democracy it is a tyranny, benevolent dictatorship, if you will. And he won't let me have Mrs. Big's phone number. <laughs> he changed her phone and won't let me have the number because he's afraid that I'll call her up at midnight and stuff. Romney, I think, would you stop it? Both of you, I'm going to murder you. Stop it. Romney would have done a good job as, as sex state, I think. I think he really would have. Um, he would have towed the line, and he's a great organizer, and he's very efficient and businesslike. And he's got a lot in common with Trump, whether they want to agree or not. I think that probably is part of it. You know, my dad and I are so much alike that we get annoyed with each other so easily because we're so much alike, but we just don't always recognize that fact. And we think the other one's wrong and pig-headed and weird. But we're too much alike to notice this. I think they're the same there, but that didn't really get me going. Although I'm glad and I hope that he doesn't get it, uh, but I'm not going to be upset if he does. But there was a pick that pissed me off. McConnell's wife. How many inside jobs is she going to get and rewards and lobby packages and, and all the crap that the McConnell's have gotten because of their power in Washington, D.C.? If we're going to drain the damn swamp, let's start with that. Why are we into nepotism still in the Republican Party? McConnell has been a roadblock to Republican ideas and concepts for the last eight years. Ever since Obama's been president, McConnell's been the reason that nothing gets done. He has been a bigger ally to Obama than Harry Reid has been. And that's whether the Republicans were in power or not. McConnell is a traitor to the Constitution, a traitor to this country. He needs to be fired. I wouldn't mind seeing him go to Leavenworth. And I would love to have an audit of his finances and find out what kind of deals he's in, how he's made his money and whatnot. But, you know, what are the odds of that even happening? The 
McConnells need to go. They are not good for this country. And these backroom deals that they're always getting, these land deals, these all this money, this lobbying and crap, that needs to end. They need to go. Yeah, and and prosecute uh, the Clintons too, both of them. You're right, Egg. So if the biggest inside traders in the country. I don't get it. I mean, in the Republican Party, are there any bigger insiders than the McConnells? I'm very disappointed in that pick, and it has really angered me. And, um, and I don't understand it. We need people that are out there that are going to be shutting government down. We need them to get rid of their offices because they're not constitutional, most of them. And the bureaucrats need to get fired, almost all of them, if not every single bureaucrat in Washington, needs to be fired unless they are constitutionally provided for. Because it is illegal, according to the Constitution, for Congress to give our sovereignty to the bureaucracy. It's illegal. Now, will the Supreme Court rule that way? No. Why? Because they're part of Washington. You know, I mean, if you've got a problem and you go for that, you know, to get it fixed, like say you have a problem with Exxon and you want Exxon to fix your problem, are you going to go to Exxon's lawyers if you sue Exxon and Exxon says, hey, we'll pay for your lawyer to sue us? Is that a good deal? I mean, who does he work for? You or the people paying him? Who does the Supreme Court work for? The Supreme Court works for government. They work for the central government specifically. They do not represent you and I as sovereigns. They're supposed to. They do not, and I'm not sure they can do that, which is one of the reasons none, and I mean none, of the founding fathers, including the first Supreme Court justice, believed that the Supreme Court had the final say over the Constitution or what was constitutional. Who did all of the founding fathers think had that power? It wasn't the state legislatures. It wasn't the Supreme Court. It wasn't the Senate, the House, or the executive branch. It's you and me. We are the final arbiters of what is constitutional. We just don't exercise that authority which by default gives it to the Supreme Court. Of course, the little trick they played with Thomas Jefferson and some appointments, midnight appointments of Adams, kind of cemented that. And that was when the first coup in our country became active and successful. And we have been in a constitutional convention ever since. And no, that's not a conspiracy. That is just a simple fact. It's not even an opinion. The problem is, is that the professor's opinion, hey guys, welcome back. The problem with the opinion of the professor, the facts is that people will think it's an opinion because the school systems won't teach you this, the government won't teach you this, and they won't use the words, even if they agree with me, they're too salacious, they're too opinionated, they're too pointed, they're rude, they're disrespectful. 
just like most people in Washington, don't call each other liars when they're lying. They use all kinds of other euphemisms. They play games with words constantly. And the professor doesn't care for those kind of games. <laughs> Taco Tuesday's totally terrific tantric totality. And, by the way, uh, I didn't notice this, but I misspelled tarrific. <laughs> well, I just spelled it T-A-R on blog talk. I'm not sure if I did that or if spell check changed it or not, but... I was typing away, and I just started coming up with T-words. I ran out of space, so I kept going. But, hey, Bake Alaska's here. Boyd's here. White Mamba is here. Uh, Mary the Tsarina. Cog is here, too. Creepy old guy. Or uh, what was the other one? I can't remember the other Cog name. Um, but, uh, yeah, so and then we got BZ, of course, and Ag. But if schools do teach that their dictionaries are considered, I, I missed it. Uh, and if you do use, by the way, uh, uh, maybe this is what Ag was saying, a lot of our dictionaries and stuff have been designed to support the government's position on everything they're doing to us. I mean, for instance, oh, Professor, you, you're right. Listen to me. Go get your dictionary and look up the word freedom and liberty and tell me if it distinctly points out that there's a difference between the two or if it kind of says that they're synonymous with one another. And then go back and get a dictionary from the 1700s and look at what freedom means and what liberty means. The words, the founding... Founding documents. The words they used, you can find their definitions in those books, like Webster's Dictionary of 1700s, Webster's Dictionary of the 21st century. Go find an 18th century dictionary, and you will understand the words they meant, because they're not the same definitions. And if you look up the Constitution, you look up words in today's dictionary, you're not going to get an accurate representation of what its meaning is. And that's a problem that we have in this country right now. So even if schools do talk about stuff, they use the wrong definitions. They, they manipulate. They are propaganda machines for big government. And therein lies our problem, I believe, in this country. So many of us don't know what kind of government we have. We don't know what it's supposed to say or do. We don't know enough to challenge when we're listening to a politician blow smoke up our arses. We can't challenge it because we don't know what's a fact. And they make it sound really good, and they're really good at packaging this stuff and giving it to you. That's why we got the term slick politician, right? Why do you think Trump's been president, um, uh, Was won the electoral uh, uh, delegate count in, in the last election? Well, he won it because he's not a slick. And a lot of people didn't necessarily agree with everything Trump said, but they understood everything Trump said. And that's a refreshing difference for us. And so it's one of the many reasons Trump won. Trump is not president-elect, of course, because the election is what, the 18th or 19th? Kids don't know who the current VP is or where Jesus was born. No. And, and you know what else? Kids don't know today that Jesus was a Jew. <laughs> they think he's a Gentile, that, uh, if they even know what a Gentile is. Um, yeah, it's amazing. 
Go out and you ask the Utes of America, and they'll come back and tell you. Common Core is exactly what it is, uh, guys. Uh, go out and you ask them if Abraham Lincoln, what did he do? And they'll say, free the slaves. And you say, what party did he belong to? Well, the Democrat Party, of course. It had to be the Democrat Party because he freed the slaves. And only the Democrats like black people, so it had to be the Democrat Party, right? I was at work today, and I was talking about the book Negroes with Guns with one of the guys at work. And told him that he should go and read it or listen to the show that I did entitled Negroes with Guns. I did a show, two or three of them, actually, over that book. It took me a while to get through it. And I talked about the issue. So at work, I said uh, that there's a complete misunderstanding of, of the gun culture today and the NRA and blacks. And I said, and let's keep in mind that Anglican whites came down from the NRA with guns and taught the blacks how to organize. And they went and they found military, uh, ex-military blacks that had served in America's military and got them together and coordinated and taught them how to be community activists or organizers. The whole big thing about about um, Obama being a community organizer, right? Well, guess who did that? The Republicans invented that back in the, the 40s and 50s, 50s mostly. And uh, called No Guns for Negroes. YouTube has a video on it. Well, the book itself is called, uh, well, now I've forgotten what the name of the book is, Negroes with Guns or something like that. Uh, and I can't see it right now. I don't know where I put it. But the um, and it's about the start of the Black Panthers and the guy who started it and, and how they got guns and why they did what they did and their break apart from Martin Luther King. And it's a very interesting book and why he moved to, I mean, speaking as how Fidel Castro died, he moved to Cuba, and he got blasted by the FBI for being a communist sympathizer because he did. Well, you know, that was only part of it. The Democrats were trying to kill him, and he fled the country because our great constitution, our great Supreme Court, our great legal system would not protect people trying to defend their own trying to vote. And and so I pointed out that we went down and we taught black people how to organize and defend themselves and how to shoot not offensively but defensively to prevent the joyriding Democrats, including the cops and sheriffs of the local communities, from hopping in their little woody station wagons on Friday family night and going through the black communities shooting and, and going crazy. I am telling you, I am one of the very few in that group that I sit with for my break every morning that is conservative. And the look of disgust at me that I had the balls to lie like that to all of them. You see, in their brain, it's shut down. They can't conceive that Democrats would get in their cars and go through black communities and shoot black people. But this is history. This isn't the professor's opinion. This is history. And they deny it because it doesn't fit their paradigm. And they're uncomfortable with it. So instead of saying, really, professor, tell us more about this. We want to learn. Their brains shut off. They look away. They get disgusted with me. How dare I talk like this? And then they walk away. And what are the end results? History hasn't changed. Neither have they, and neither one will ever meet because they're more comfortable in their ignorance 
than they are knowing the truth. And a professor, homie, don't play that. I don't care. Negroes with guns, that's the name of the, uh, the book. I don't care what I say. I want to know if it's right. I want to know if I'm right. D'Souza's book on Hillary goes about the history of the Democrat Party. Yeah, he's, he has done that. He's a little Johnny-come-lately to it, but he did, I, I understand, a pretty good job. I haven't seen it. My parents thought it was pretty good. I think they uh, talked about it fondly, um, and they were surprised by all the things they learned. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't be, of course, but, uh, but uh, yeah. We all have something like that in our lives where we just are comfortable with our ignorance. For instance, the heroes of the Alamo, right? There are a lot of professors out there that are constantly trying to tear down the heroes of the Alamo. It's a pretty big deal in Texas. And they said that they have evidence now that Bowie was crying like a baby and 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 somebody else had a woman's dress on trying to hide as a woman. I mean, and all this crap. I don't believe it. Any more than I believe these idiot professors who have come out and said that Abraham Lincoln was our first gay bed with another man. An, an entire doctoral dissertation on that. And they got their doctorate, by the way, over that, which just blows my mind. Completely ignoring history at the time that you rented a bed when you traveled at these rooms to Lent, and you didn't even rent the whole bed. You rented a third of the bed if you wanted to go on the cheap. The whole bed, then you paid for the whole bed. Uh I don't know if he was an Albanian dwarf ag, but he was a vampire hunter. I've seen the documentary. Um, but, you know, you rent a Motel 6, you pay your $60 or whatever it is, you get the room. Back then, you got two bits, you got, you know, 25% of the bed or 33% of the bed, rather. And uh, if you wanted more, then, then you paid your buck fifty for it all, right, to get the whole bed. Well, Abraham Lincoln went on the cheap to Washington, D.C. He did a lot of walking, and he stayed in the cheapest places he could, and he rented a third of the bed each way. It's not like Washington today where they all go first class and they go limousines and first class air travel and and five-star hotels, by God, because they're important people, don't you know? The Republican Party's president rented a third of a bed on his way through his travels to go to the Capitol. And because of that, we draw the conclusion he's gay because another man rented part of the bed also. At, uh, this is what I'm talking about. Lazy journalism, lazy academia, lazy Americans when it comes to knowing history and how things work. But like, and I was alluding this earlier, is we, we all kind of got areas like this. For me, if you knock over my banjo, I'm going to beat you with it. Quit it. The Alamo, all these idiot professors that are always trying to change it and everything, I just don't care. I am so comfortable with John Wayne's version of the Alamo, right, where they 
stood off the Mexican army and fought them for day after day after day. And, and you know, <laughs> it's like the Battle of the Bulge. All right, that's it. Out. Everybody out. God dang it. All right. The, um, it didn't happen like that. The war took 90 minutes. The Mexicans spent, I don't know, six or nine days, something like that, amassing their forces. And when they attacked, the battle was over in 90 minutes. It was a massacre. It was a massacre, exactly what it was. And that was what the rallying was, that these men stood knowing they were going to be massacred, but they defied Santa Ana. And the rally cry was, remember the Alamo, remember their sacrifice. I'm fine with John Wayne's version of the Alamo. It's accurate enough for what we need out of it for history. Now, if we're writing about what happened in the Alamo, we want accuracy. The Battle of Thermopylae, that's right, Montezuma, there's a lot of things there. But, But if you're just trying to tell a story about American exceptionalism, Okay, get out of here. Go. Winston's chasing a fly or something. I don't know what he's doing. He's jumping around. He keeps knocking over my banjo. Might as well move my guitar, too, before that gets hurt. So, uh, it's okay to have heroes. I'm comfortable with my ignorance in what really happened. No Guns for Negroes is the name of the YouTube thing. Uh, I'm comfortable with my ignorance on the Alamo over that because I know enough. But there are things we need to know, and we need to know accurately. For instance, what the Constitution actually says. And the only way to know what the Constitution actually says is to know what the words mean. The only way to know what the words mean is to go and look at uh, Noah Webster's book, a dictionary and how the words were defined at the time they were being used. If you do that, your eyes are going to be open. You're going to go, oh, I didn't know these things. Where does a professor get this crap sometimes? Well, there you go. I <laughs> get it from a dictionary that was written in the 18th century. And it opened my eyes when I started doing that. And I did it quite by accident and thought, my God, why aren't we being taught this in school? Why aren't these the dictionaries that were being in use? But they're not, and I think that's on purpose. Just like when they teach the Constitution in colleges, 99.9% of them that bother to teach the Constitution, and most don't, they teach it in the form of stardices. Supreme Court precedents is how they teach the Constitution. Now, should that be a part of constitutional studies? You bet it better be, because of the position that the Supreme Court has taken, that they are the final arbiter of the Constitution. We better know what the hell they're saying and why, where they're coming from on that. But it should be like 20% of a course, not the majority of the constitutional studies should be the Federalist and Anti-Federalist Papers, the debates on the Constitution, the ratification debates, correspondence and news articles of the time so that you can have this context of what was going on and what did they actually think they were voting on and doing. Because without this kind of knowledge, it doesn't make any sense when I say things like, how did New York go from where it was to where it is? New York 
threatened to secede from the Union. Threatened to secede from the Union over several issues like gun control. And they demanded that part of the Bill of Rights contain Winston wants to be Grandpa Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Population one, salute. What are you doing? Quit it. And, uh, oh, crap, now I lost my track of thought. <laughs> Thanks, Ag. <laughs> and, uh, hmm. That must not have been too important. Uh, anyway, words have meaning. Now these colleges want to get rid of the United States flag. To And when they get caught doing this, the reason was to spur discussion on campus about the flag? What's this talk about? What do you bet the discussion won't be about people like me that have sacrificed their body to defend that flag? Or the people who have died defending that flag and its honor? Yes, I'm looking at you. Quit it. Oh, I think I'm not going to have the leftover turkey from Thanksgiving, and I'm going to just go ahead and get the barbecue pit going and have me some Winston for dinner. So, what? What? How does that spur conversation? I ask you. If they wanted to have a conversation on campus about American flags, you know how they do it? They post little flyers all over the place and says, come to the rec center tonight. There's going to be a conversation on the American flag. Come defend it. Come attack it. Whatever. And all these little ignoramuses that are flooding our college campi would have shown up to present their expertise on everything concerning the flag. You can bet the arguments would not be to defend those of us who defend the flag. It's come out that Trump has said now that he believes flag burners should be punished. I believe that's right. Flag burners should be punished. It should not be a matter of free speech to burn a flag. That's not speech. The very people who think burning flags is free speech argue that money is not free speech, that Corporations should not have free speech, only unions. This, this country's in trouble. If you think you have done your duty during the election and you voted and Trump won and you're done, and now you're going to sit back and wait two years and see how everything happens and then go vote again, then you're mistaken because voting was only the first step. Our country's in trouble, and if we sit back to see what Trump's going to do, then what we're going to have is a country in trouble. You need to be involved. You need to write your representatives at every level, albeit local, state, county, and central governments. You need to inform Trump 
when he's doing things right and when he's doing things wrong. You need to keep these letters going. You need to write. And I don't mean emails and texts. I mean, how about you sit down, pull out a sheet of paper and a pen and try to write something? Because that gets the most attention. White Mama says constitutional law school is not constitution law. It is essentially about the stuff lawyers, professors, judges, executives, legislators have to know about it. That, that's sort of true. Uh, a constitutional law school is not what I was talking about, White Mamba, but yeah. I'm talking about colleges that offer courses in constitutional studies. Uh, a constitutional law school is much broader than what I was talking about. Uh, and constitutional law itself, if you're a lawyer and you're taking con law, then that's a much broader thing too. And And I understand why... Someone being a constitutional lawyer, why they would focus on sterodices. But, but again, I think that's a limitation to lawyers. They should actually know what the founding fathers were thinking when they put together the Constitution, not what the Supreme Court decided they meant. I mean, that's all fine and dandy to know that, but it's not enough. Because how do you know that the Supreme Court's right? The Supreme Court decided that black people were property. And they used stare dices. And for a very long time, the court said, that's good enough for us. And it wasn't until Abraham Lincoln had a litmus test. Remember, we were told that's bad. Presidents have litmus tests for Supreme Court nominations. But he did. He, he said it. He ran on it. I am going to find people to put on the Supreme Court that think that uh, that's bad law and will overturn it. And he was right to do so, and it is one of the worst decisions ever. There have been a few more since, but but you can put that right up there. And the reason they get away with that is because we don't teach people what things mean. We teach them what we want them to think it means so that they can agree with us. I'm probably guilty of doing that too as a professor. It just happens that I'm right, so it's okay when I do. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I'm sure I do it. I mean, I, I don't even know. I'm, I'm, I'll have to think about that. I bet you I do do that. But, no, but I'm honest about it anyway. Um, yes. Thank you, Mary. Ten minutes. I am highly suspicious of government. I don't trust it, and neither should you. And that's not un-American. That is exactly how government was created in this country, under suspicion. It was created to have the sovereigns of this country suspicious of those who are welding the power that we give them. You're supposed to be suspicious. You're supposed to be worried. You're supposed to watch. And you're supposed to correct. You correct via your vote. You correct via contact with these people and telling them when they're right or wrong. And it's important to do both. Don't just always call and tell them when they're wrong. If they're doing something right, let them know too. Weigh in. This president may actually be receptive to that. I mean, we've heard that on Thanksgiving day at his hotel in the restaurant, he was walking around asking everybody about who should be uh, secretary of state, who he should pick. And I think that's kind of weird, but 
maybe it's indicative of the fact that he will listen to we the people. Maybe he gets it. God, I hope he gets it. But verify, right, Mary, what Reagan said? Trust but verify. We aren't spectators. We're participants because we're sovereigns. That's a whole different place than anybody else in the world. We are sovereigns. Most of us know this, but do we know what it means and do we know what it entails? We know we have rights as Americans, but go out and ask Americans what your duties are as an American. You'll get all kinds of crap, you know, from having to give money to, to the government so that they can perform charitable acts. That's, that's a duty, according to a lot of people. That's a duty according to the Democrat Party. It's not, by the way, but go out and ask these questions, and you'll be shocked at what you hear. We have duties, and we have responsibilities, as well as rights and privileges. And one of them is that we participate, that we educate ourselves in what's going on, and that we direct the people that we voted for, whether they won or not. And that goes for both sides, Democrat, Republican alike. If you don't like what Trump's doing or McConnell's doing or Cruz is doing, and you're a Democrat, write them, tell them, let them know. I really encourage the left to write because most often, well, Professor, you don't want the left telling them what's, what they're doing right or wrong, do you? Yeah, actually, I do. Why do I want them to do? Power comes great responsibility. Exactly, Spider-Man. Thank you. Uh, why do I want the left to write and tell the congressman when they're doing right or wrong? Because when they do those things, they can't prevent their lunacy from coming out. And the left, left, and the elected right see this lunacy. Now, the elected left takes advantage of it, but the elected right will see it as well, and they won't react to it. One of the problems that Republican politicians have had is their fear. They have bought into the myth that there are more Democrats than there are Republicans in this country. There are, there are myths out there, all kinds of bad things, like, uh, like this idea that if it's good weather, Democrats win, because Democrats will come out in good weather and vote. But when it's raining and nasty, then they're too lazy to come out and vote, so they stay home. Uh, that's wrong. There's a theory that if, if there is a high turnout rate, that Democrats will win because there's more registered Democrats than there are registered Republicans. There may be more registered Repo- or Democrats and Republicans, but registered doesn't mean voter. And so there's a difference there. It doesn't mean voter. And that's why a lot of these polls are wrong when you look at them, because they don't look at likely voters. They look at registered voters, or they look at people in America. There are so many things I wish I could sit and talk with you with, but i got to go to bed. I'd, I'd stay another hour, but I have got to go to bed. And December is just crunching me like you wouldn't believe. I hate to not have a show. It's going to drive me crazy not to have this outlet because it's very cathartic, and I like sharing my time with you guys. And I'm very grateful that you let me into your houses and your your lives. Um, I'll be back January 5th 
recharged and with a few surprises. And uh, and I'm looking very forward to it. Uh, there'll be a couple of shows I'm going to air in December that I've canned. And if you see it, great. If not, go back and look and you'll find it later. But uh, there's a couple of Christmas shows I want to do. And uh, then from there, I guess that's it. I want to say God bless you all. Merry Christmas to everyone. And oh, by the way, I'm, I am always going to do my Christmas Eve show the night before Christmas. Uh, and this time I'll have Olive, and we will uh, we will read the night before Christmas on Christmas Eve, uh, like we do live every year. And for that, so there's that. And okay, I guess that's all the business. Yeah, let Ken know, because I left him messages, but he hasn't responded, so I've done my duty. <laughs> and uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, too, and uh, and go with God. Ask for God's blessings for this country, because we are not a blessed country anymore. We have been led astray, and the enemy is strong. The deceiver is entwined in our political process everywhere. And it's up to us to untwine it. It's up to us to realize that some of these issues are between right and wrong and good and evil, not left and right. And those we need to take our strongest stance on. You can send me information or questions, uh, get in touch with me while I'm gone, radio show at undergroundprofessor.us or Twitter at underground prof. And uh, I'll still be looking at those. I'm, I'm too, uh, I, I can't stop completely, but I'm going to try, but I'm, I bet I will check in occasionally on all that stuff. Uh, so God bless you all. Merry Christmas. And, uh, and to all a good night. Fire contoodles y'all. This has been copyrighted in the year of your Lord, 2016. Bye.